Welcome to C3 Church Tagra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Phil Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Revelation knowledge. Who are you? This is phenomenal. Pastor Phil Pringle was preaching this up at our directors, National Directors Church this morning up at uh, the Sunshine Coast. And he says things like this. It's fantastic in the Bible college. And, and look, Phil, Pastor Phil Pringle has compiled this message, which I think is apostolic, prophetic. It's for the now. It's for today. It's to mobilize the church. It's for the church to arise. Isn't that what we were singing? Arise, arise. And so we're pulling that uh, by the book. There's a curriculum that goes through the connect groups. And also we're preaching it. Every subject that's in this book, we're preaching it. Who are we and what we have in Christ is still eluding a lot of Christians. They still don't know who they are in Christ. So religion is Christ far away and you pay homage to him. But really the born again experience, the New Testament living, is that you clothe yourself in Christ. You walk as Christ would. You talk as Christ would. You express yourself as Christ would. You walk in his presence. You walk in the presence of Christ. Christ is in you. That's what happened to you when you got saved. You received a deposit of the Holy Spirit, a down payment. Too late. If you said yes to Jesus, he's on the inside of you. How much you want of that, you can shut him down. You can reserve him and put him in a little closet. The Bible says our life is like a spiritual house, and you might put him in the closet and bring him out every Sunday, but I would recommend Jesus being in every room of your house. Amen? Many of us are living with a spiritual kind of amnesia. This is the narrative. So Jason Bourne is knocked out, or he wakes up. He forgets who he is. He doesn't realize he's this awesome trained uh, fighting machine. And he's a spy, a super spy, and he can take out armies, and he's got super amazing defenses and attack weapons, all physical uh, attributes that he's acquired somehow. He doesn't remember but who he is. He's got amnesia. He doesn't, and a lot of Christians are like this. They don't realize when they got saved, they're saved in Christ. They're children of God. They're children of God. They're more than overcomers. They're kings and priests to rule in life. They can change atmospheres. They can change the atmosphere of a city, even Wyong. Wyong's the best place to live on the central coast now because there's good church in Wyong. Many of us are living with a spiritual kind of amnesia, forgetful of who we really are. Negative circumstances constantly send us the message that we are far less than what the New Testament declares us to be. Often theology has been twisted to conform to the defeated, the negative thinking of of people who are interpreting life and God through their circumstance. When we submit to Scripture, rather than submit the Scripture to us, our identity in Christ comes alive. And so that course is probably the most brilliant program that we've been running through our church. It runs to the end of the year. We had, in fact, one of our podcast listeners from Darwin rang the office up this week. I'm in. I want to do it because she listens to all our podcasts. So she's in. She's doing the course. And she's in Darwin. So I'm not sure what your excuse is, but too far or not enough, you know, whatever. You can't afford it. I think it's only $20. 
born identity, revelation, knowledge, who are you, is this part of the message. And so I'm going to speak a bit loud. I sense the kids are having a party out there, and I've got the worship team here, and there's a lot of noise in the sky. We live what we believe, and I'm going to help you. I believe when I got home and Julie said something to me, I had a message, <laughs> had a message semi-prepared. I was going to finish it when I got home. And what happened is that Windows 10 shot it somewhere. I'm not sure where it is. It's in one of those clouds. There's so many clouds now. I'm not, you know, talk about freaking out. I had it finished. I found it. I found the save version, but it wasn't the final version. So I've got that, and then I've put it with the original. Anyway, it's, it's a bit of, yeah, it, it'll get there. But tonight, this message really is about it's really about helping people. I believe this year, 215, that this message prophetically will bring people into a place of knowing who they are, knowing their identity in Christ, if you let it. You won't struggle with the church. You won't struggle with giving. You won't struggle with worship. You won't struggle with living your life in Christ if you get this message. I wish we had this message years ago. This is the in Christ message. This is the most profound they say that if you can get yourself with a reality check of in Christ, that is a fulfillment of the New Testament, a fulfillment of the New Testament living. And this is our quest through doing this program. I beseech you, I appeal to you to try at all expense to try and do this course. It'll absolutely revolutionize your life. We live what we believe as you have lived, so you have believed. We're talking about embracing our identity in Christ. 2 Corinthians 1.22, I want to get to the story of Jehoshaphat, and I'll tell you why in a moment. And I'll just give you a little paraphrase, because we've been doing a lot of stuff in the morning. Ra, by the way, this morning, preached an outstanding message. It's on podcast. Thank you for the people that are liking C3 Facebook page and sharing it to their friends. We're getting out, we're getting more people liking us, and we're getting visitors. The morning service is ballistic. It really is getting a lot of visitors now. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, I think it's in the NLT, the New Living Translation, He has identified us as His own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts. So if you want to get saved tonight, or if you have been saved, you have the Holy Spirit, and He claims you as His own, meaning you're a child of God. Your faith will grow stronger as you focus on your identity in Christ. Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 and 21. We might read that. I have been crucified with Christ. So that old flesh that Luke was talking about, that old man, we used to call it when we first started to go to church, the guy, the old man. Who's the old, used to get with Jesus. Who's the old man? He stinketh. And you know, it was some, some funny language back then in the 80s. The old man, who's the old man? No, that's, that's your old flesh. That's the flesh, the old man. So I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. So that old man no longer lives, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. 21, I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, through religion... Christ died for nothing. So what does it mean? What this means is that you abandon your self-image of who you think you are. 
And you start to accept the image of who the Bible says you are, who God says you are. You start believing what God says about you, that he's pleased with how he created you. You're a masterpiece, that God defines you in that. You're not defined by your feelings. You're not defined. Young people, listen to this. This is awesome. You're not defined by your feelings. You're not defined by the opinions of others or by your circumstances. You're not defined by your successes or failures. You're not defined by the car you drive, the money you make, or the house you say you own when the bank really does. Amen? You are defined by God. Definition is a powerful thing. To be defined. To be defined. Everyone likes to be defined in their body, you know, six-pack, and we're working out, we're eating right. I mean, but you can be defined in your purpose in God, in who you are in Christ. Is that a good thing? And God, and God alone defines us. He identifies you as His own. 2 Corinthians 1.22. I'm moving through quick, but I need to get to a story. He set His zeal of ownership on us and put His Spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Statement. The thing is, if you don't know who you are, then you are vulnerable to other people telling you who you are. This is the great thing about growing up when you get older. You don't really care as much. Young people are severely under the pressure of what people think about them. But the concrete, solid gospel truth is that you, you are who God says you are and no one else has a vote in the matter. Is that good news? So it's an identity issue. Important part of living. It's a part of the abundant life scenario. Jesus was able, of course, we spoke that a couple of weeks ago, was able to face incredible demands of his mission because he knew exactly who he was. He knew why he had come, what he was to do, where he was going, and he was able to stand against even the devil. He knew what mattered to God, and that gave him the confidence to move purposefully in faith. You are now identified with Christ and have the power of the Holy Spirit within you, you are a precious child of God. He created you in a way that pleases Him, and that is amazing. What does it mean to move forward but purposefully in faith? We've got to embrace our identity in Christ. This is the only, this is the game plan that we need to lay hold of. We need to embrace who we truly are to let that old man, to let all that stinking thinking, to let all the offenses crucify the flesh and stand up, put on the new man, it says. Amen? Put on the new man. Behave like Christ would. Colossians 1.28 says, He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Spiritual maturity in Christ is where we're going. It's what we need to assume. Being in Christ is the fulfillment of the entire new covenant. I love that statement. Once we have this reality at the core of our experience with God, our entire approach to everything is revolutionized. 2 Corinthians 5.17 in the Amplified Bible, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is grafted and joined in him by faith, him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn, renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, 
new things have come. Spiritual awakening come. You have a new life. We receive a new nature from Father God. The nature comes via the Spirit of God. And we are made alive in Him through that connection in Christ Jesus. We're activated for New Testament living by our connection to Christ. Is that good news? Being in Christ is the fulfillment of the entire new covenant. In Him I am righteous with Him, not mine. In Him I have the mind of Christ, the wisdom of God. In Him I have complete and utter forgiveness, delivering, uh, deliverance and healing. In Him I am completely protected from the attacks of the devil. In Him I have total redemption. In Him I have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's Son. Jesus Himself introduced this concept in John 15, verse 4, remain in me also as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine in Christ. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in Christ, in Him. Ephesians 3:17. so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in the love of God, That's what we were saying tonight. Christ lives in this environment of faith. Knowing who we are and what we have ushers us into a new life, a New Testament life. When we don't know who we are and what we have, we are unable to enter our land of the New Testament. The degree to which we know Who we are and what we have is the degree we enter into what God has prepared for us. Book of Jehoshaphat, the the chapter, we're talking about this king of Judah. Can I just say that I believe there's a generation, we used to talk in revival days about a Joshua generation that they're crossing over, that they're claiming the promised land. I honestly believe even this year through doing this course that we can cross over, that we can claim what Christ has for us. I believe we can do that by the word, but it's by the revelation knowledge of the word. And how do you receive revelation knowledge? It's by the word and the spirit together. It seemingly is like a two-edged sword that cuts deep down into the deeper recesses of your life. A two-edged sword, uh, the word of God that goes deep And cutting asunder, it divides asunder the the flesh and the spirit, the rubbish, but the good God stuff. And it says, no, that's rubbish. This is God. The Word of God, if you allow it by the Holy Spirit, it will give you revelation knowledge. That some of us have forgotten our identity. The Israelites had forgotten their identity. Gideon had forgotten his identity. He's hanging out in a wine press. You know, God comes to him by an angel. Mighty man of valor, stand up. What are you doing? You're the guy. You're the man. Get a grip. Your identity is in God. The battle belongs to the Lord. You're more than an overcomer. Peter has a wake-up call. Peter is told that he's blessed, that he's Peter. He's a rock. He's not just someone who flounders and changes with the wind. You're Peter. You're a rock. And you know I'm Christ. And on that, I'm going to build the church on that rock of revelation. This is what God wants to do for us tonight through this course. It gives us a revelation of who we truly are. The Israelites, Canaan, forgot who they are. The Israelites, you know the story, balked at entering the promised land because 
It was infested with giants, of course. They stepped backwards away from what seemed impossible to them. Some people come into the church, they get saved, and they go, it's too much. I'm backing out. I'm going. I can't do this. There's too many giants in my life, whether they're personal stuff, whether emotional stuff, or whether personal fears, or whatever. But you see it time and time again when people come into the life of the church, and it's great. They get that injection, that original injection, then they realize, oh my God, they're taking me to the promised land. I don't want the promised land. I just want, I just want to have some solace of knowing God. But we, we want to take you into the promised land. Is that good? We want to take you into your best life. Numbers 13, 33 says, then we saw the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Hebrews says it like this in 3.19. Hebrews 3.19 says, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Does it say that? Book of Hebrews says that they shrunk back. Hebrews 10.35 says it like this. And C3 Tugger, we don't want to shrink back. We got this awesome worship team here so that when you worship, you are compelled to go forward. You are compelled to move forward. That worship team is trying to, it's trying to drag me in. It's just my hair, my clothes. They're taking me to glory. They're taking me to the throne of grace. No, I will not. I will not lift my hands. I'm going to look at my iPhone. I'm not going to the throne of grace. Help me. And Katie is up there, yes, Lord, we will arise, we will arise. And you go, no, I won't, I'm staying here, right here. But that's the aim of the worship. When I went to church, everyone's hands were up. What is it? Is this a new fad that we worship God like this? I don't know, but I, the Bible says if you lift your hands in holy praise, man, they're like antennas and the Holy Spirit goes, man. And you're picking up, man, you're picking up some heavy-duty frequencies from heaven if you lift up those hands. But if you don't want the frequencies of heaven uh, earthing you to the purposes and plans of God, just keep your arms down. You can't worship God like that, by the way. But, man, I tend to go use all the tools that God's given me. And one of the tools is the big clap. Bible talks about clapping, how that devil hates Christians clapping for some reason. Shouting too, that's another thing we used to use. John, wasn't it in the old days? Give the Lord a shout and the whole place would go off. Oh, the shout of the Lord is among you. The shout of the King is among you. We used to go off, man, freak people out, but we got things done. People were healed, delivered, set free. Now we're all sensible. Don't lift your hands. What about your neighbor? You just brought your neighbor along. You don't want to let them see you lifting your hands and, you know, whatever. No, we need, like this morning, that was powerful. We had a full house and Julie prophesied over someone and, and bang, the, the father goes down. The mum comes out and she's crying. She knows that's what, exactly what he needs. We're worshiping and the, man, the chorus of heaven is in our, in our very roof and I can see angels, you know, ascending and descending and I can see, you know, God so happy with us and we, we're getting too seeker sensitive, guys. We, we got to fear God, not fear man. But you've got to have your identity in Christ. So do not throw away your confidence. Hebrews 10.35. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere in doing this course. Persevere. Getting to church. Persevere. Reading your Bible. So that when you have done the will of God in 2.15, you will receive what He has promised. Amen? For in just a little while, He who is coming will come and will not delay. I believe these are the days that Jesus could come back in. And by my righteous one will live by faith. 
And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. This is what the Bible says. I didn't say that. Hebrews 10, 39. But we do not belong to those who shrink back. C3 Tugra will not shrink back. We're going for broke. We're pressing in. We're running for the prize set before us. We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. So you know the story of Caleb. He had a different spirit. And he said, I reckon we can do it. We can take that land. And it's awesome. Deuteronomy 139 says, Moreover, you little ones and your children, who you say will be victims, who today have no knowledge of good and evil, they shall go in there. They shall go in there to them, and I will give it. Jesus says, I'm going to give you salvation. God says, I'm going to give you salvation through my son. He says in, in this, I'm going to give you the promised land. And they shall possess it. So I'm going to talk about possessing your inheritance. Moving forward with us, in God's covenant plan for your life and lay hold of your identity in Christ. We need to be exhorted in Philippians 3.8. It says, what is more? I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage. So all these accolades that Paul had, all these great theological, um, you know, certificates he had on his wall and all the good things he did and and all the stuff that he had, he attributed to as rubbish. That I may gain, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. So that the righteousness that comes from God that's based in faith would be your portion. How can we take this land, this New Testament land of being found in Christ, having our identity found in Christ? The Bible says in Philippians 4.30, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So I believe this for C3 Tugger. When Julie said to me something about the worship, something triggered in me, something, something tweaked in me, something, and I went, worship is going to be one of the ways for 2.15 to get us in, into the land of our identity. Worship, worship. We're going to pull out all stops. I'm just going to keep adding musicians, adding singers, until we get the whole church worshiping. We're going to have an orchestra. We're going to have a hundred-piece choir. And I'm just going to pull out all stops until you are moved to get on your front foot and worship the King of Kings, the Lord God Almighty. We're going to just keep, because it's one of the key ways of possessing your inheritance. We need to position ourselves. 2 Chronicles 2.20. Okay, here we are. It's the story of King Jehoshaphat. He's been hemmed in. He's the king of Judah. He's doing great. Actually, he's a great king. And he's admired because he took down the idolatrous things that were on high ground. So that's King Jehoshaphat, but he's still hemmed in. He's still hemmed in. And God's saying, I thought you gave us all this land. I really thought you did. God says, I did. You might be saying about yourself, Lord, I thought you gave me salvation. I thought you gave me this great life to live. I, I thought, man, I'd be doing something. I thought I'd have relief from this oppression, this addiction. I, I, I thought this challenge would be over. I thought I would be set free by now. And so the story of Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 takes us through this time where Jehoshaphat, he's basically had enough. He needs to cross this river. He needs to break out. He needs to claim ground, just like we do in Christ. Jehoshaphat sought the Lord for a strategy to defeat the enemies. 
standing in the way of Judah's God-given inheritance. Jehoshaphat sought the Lord. He sought, he cried out to the Lord for a strategy to defeat the enemies standing in the way of Judah's God-given inheritance. Verse 3. And I need to just paraphrase, but God loves people who cry out. We're crying out for you. We're crying out. You know, some people have just joined the church and they said, thank you so much that you sent us a text, uh, an email to say that you're praying for us. I said, that's what we do. When you become a member of this church, we pray for you. We're very mindful of you. They said, that's amazing. You sent me a text and said, you're praying for us. I love that. That's awesome. I said, that's fine. That's what we do. When Jehoshaphat cried out, God answered through a prophet who gave the following detailed instructions for victory. They had to let go of fear. It was not their battle. It was God's. Verse 15, he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Jude and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid of the worship at C3 Tugra. Do not be afraid of the born identity course. Do not be afraid of coming to church. Do not be afraid of coming to your connect group. Do not be afraid of giving. Do not be afraid of worshiping. Do not be afraid of reading your Bible. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Wasn't that Pastor Ra saying this morning, they had to position themselves to meet the enemy head on. Verse 17, you will not have to fight this battle. Christ has already fought the battle for you guys. Christ has fought the battle for you to claim everything that's yours. Now I understand there's woundedness. I understand there's people banged up. I understand there's people who have things in their life that cause them to shrink back maybe. And be protective. I understand that. I have a bit of that in myself. But trust me, if you come along on this ride to find your identity in Christ and worship your God in spirit and truth, you will find yourself in New Testament living with a smile on your dial, as an overcomer in Christ, ruling and reigning as a king and priest. Whoa. See the deliverance the Lord will give you. 215 is the year that we're going to see deliverance in people. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. The Lord will be with you. So they had to believe by faith that God would defeat their enemies. Verse 20, verse 20, verse 20. I've said it. Thank you, Jesus. So as they followed God's plans, Jehoshaphat led them into worship and instructed the people to posture themselves in faith. Verse 20, early in the morning, they left the desert to Tekoa and they went out. Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, listen to me, Judah and the people of Israel. Have faith, have faith, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Does it say that? Have faith in his prophets. Have faith in Pastor Phil. Have faith in the Bible. Have faith in Jesus. Have faith in God. Have faith in us. Have faith in Pastor Phil Pringle. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. Having faith is the pause between what's actually going to happen. Some people have that faith. That's the sort of faith you need to have to believe that God will do what he 
will do. Colossians 2.6 says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you out of this great life. Beware lest you be cheated out of this great life that rocks for Jesus through philosophy, empty deceit, or religion. For in Him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. 2.10 says, and you are complete in Him. The restoration is complete. Out of the ruins, Isaiah 61.4 says, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Just like we rebuilt the church in Wyong. Now it's a worshiping, awesome church that has an impact on its surroundings. Isaiah 33 verse 6 says, Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of their times and the strength of salvation, the fear of the Lord is His treasure. Folks, this is it. God wants us to possess our inheritance of a blessed, successful life. I said successful life. God longs for us to succeed every one of us, how it's who we are in Christ. Colossians 1.27, to them God has chosen, He's chosen you to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. That's to your friends and your family, to the people around your life. God has chosen you to display His glory through you, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We talked about revelation knowledge, the prodigal. He got a wake-up call. He came back home. The Israelites, they got a wake-up call. They took the promised land. Gideon, he got a wake-up call. He helped God do and advance the cause. Peter also got a wake-up call. Who are we? Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Who are we? We are the image of God on earth, Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We are the new creation. We are a new creation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new has come. You can talk differently. You can think differently. You can have a different countenance. We are overcomers, 1 John 5, 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. The Bible says in Christ, in our true identity, we are sons of God. Galatians 3, 26. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Is that good news? We are kings ruling in our world. Revelations 1, 6, and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. We are the glory of God, 2 Corinthians 3, 18. And we are all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory of being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, C3 Tugra, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We are more than conquerors. That's our true identity. Romans 8.37 says, Now in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Romans 5.17 For if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man. Who's that one man? Adam. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life 
through that one man, Jesus Christ. And lastly, success is defined as turning out well or attaining a goal. It means to flourish, to prosper, or to thrive. Success. Holy Spirit, right now, I just pray. And I got out my old Bible. It's my old Crossroads Bible. It's one of my Crossroads Bible. The first Crossroads Bible is in the foundations of this church when they poured the concrete. This is uh, the third one I had in series, the men's NIV. (laughs) 2 Chronicles chapter 20 talks about inquiring of the Lord. 2 Chronicles talks about at a certain time, God said, now's the time. I'm going to act for you. I'm going to overcome your enemies. 2.15 is the time where God is going to allow us to overcome and vanquish the enemy of our soul. 2.15, if you get into the Word, if you worship. But now, here are the men. Why haven't you allowed us? You said, God, you would drive out of the possession. You would drive out and you would allow us to possess this land as an inheritance. Our eyes are upon you. I'm reading from Jehoshaphat chapter 20. 14, verse 14, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehel, son of Zechariah. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is the prophet now speaking. This is the Lord Jesus speaking to you and I right now for 2.15. Listen, King Jehoshaphat, listen, C3 Tugra, and all who live in Wyong, Tugra, and on the central coast. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. And you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions of faith. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. You will not have to fight this battle, friend. You will not have to fight this battle, You just simply need to take up your position of worship and praise Him and worship Him and see the deliverance that the Lord will give you, you and your entire family, your marriage, your finances, your health. Oh, Judea and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. C3 Tugra, do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Verse 18, Jehoshaphat 20, verse 18. Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground. Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground. Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat, King of Judah, bowed with his face to the ground. Pastor Phil bowed with his face to the ground. And all the people of Judah and all the people of C3 Tugra and all of the surrounding areas fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord. The God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning, they left for the desert to go, and they set out. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem and C3 Tugra. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith. Have faith in His prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, after preaching, after the connect group, Jehoshaphat appointed men 
to sing to the Lord and to praise Him for the splendor of His holiness. And they went out at the head of the army saying, <laughs> good stuff. Give thanks to the Lord. Let's stand. For His love endures forever. Love is the law of the kingdom. Love will get you over the line. Love is compelling you. Love is drawing us to be like Christ, to have our identity in Christ. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Let's